car repairs can get expensive. That's why Universal Imports has got you covered with their exclusive Car Care Club. For an annual investment of just $49, you can save hundreds with a free New York State inspection, $10 off oil changes, 10% off labor, $50 off alignments, and so much more. Visit UniversalImports.com or visit 834 Linden Avenue, right off 441. Let my family take care of your family's automobiles. Visit UniversalImports.com to join our Car Care Club today. Mold Tool is the official sponsor of the Grease and Glamour podcast. Established in 1853, Mold Tool has grown to become a recognized leader in lubricant technology. Racing teams around the world have trusted Mold Tool to deliver the endurance and performance needed to compete at the highest level. Even if you're not racing on the track, Mold Tool's full range of synthetic lubricants will protect your engine against wear and tear of your daily commute. Stop by Universal Imports to purchase Mold Tool's line of products today. How do we do it, Aaron? All right, all right, all right. It's Matthew McConaughey. No, it's Mark Fierbacher and Aaron Kane here for the Grease and Glamour podcast. Another episode took a little longer break than usual because yes. of the holidays. Yes. And actually, we planned on being back much sooner because Jay, Aaron, and I did a podcast that we didn't air to talk about auto fraud VIN cloning, which is something that had come up recently, and I wanted to share that with the audience, uh, along with um, just a number of things that we thought people might want to be aware of when it comes to the safety of their vehicle and criminal acti activity with their vehicle. But the reason I didn't uh, post that podcast was I thought we need to have some experts in here to talk mm -hmm. a little bit more about that. So I wanted to build something that had a little more content to it. But how was your holidays, Aaron? It was good. 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 And Very today, rushed. yeah, rushed, <laughs> right. And today with us, we have investigator John Auberger. How are you? And we, how are you? And we have Deputy Sheriff Todd Thurston from the Monroe County Sheriff's Department. Thanks for being here, guys. Yeah, thank you, thank you no, so thanks much. Thanks for having us. It is a little intimidating, though, you know, the, when the uniforms come in. <laughs> Even if you've been, you know, a good boy your whole life, you still get a little nervous about it. There's probably a reason behind that. Well, we have been watching you. So. <laughs> I'm sure. I know Google has. <laughs> and uh, Alexa and uh, Apple and everybody else. So, so Deputy, when you're on the road, uh, you know, we were talking before the podcast. We're going, you know, so what is that sheriff, when he's behind me, What what's... What is he or she doing? Is uh, are they always running my plate? Are they making sure that I am like to the mile an hour of the you know? Um, how heavily scrutinized are you watching all the cars that you are driving around uh, all day long? I'd say we uh, we check most plates around us nine out of ten times. Depends on if we're going to a call or not. But uh, you can be assured that if if we're in the area, we're running the license plates around us, um, checking to make sure that that license plate matches the car. Um, the registrations match. Uh, if we have concerns or reason to pull the car over, we'll also match the VIN um, as well with the registration. So Okay. And then, uh, what is it, about a five-mile-an-hour leeway is pretty good? 
Well, anything over the speed limit, speeding. <laughs> speeding. <laughs> I was hoping to get some sort of validation from you that, <laughs> oh, well, uh, yeah, I tried. Um, so Grand Theft Auto versus, so Grand Theft Auto and auto theft are not actually the same thing. Is that correct? Well, we use different terms legally. Okay. So if you steal a car, it's grand larceny. Okay. So because of the value of the car and it being a car. And larceny is over what amount? Over $1,000. Okay. Well, a larceny is a larceny. It's the theft of something. Okay. So there's a petty larceny, which is under 1000 and a grand lar- larceny is over 1000 Gotcha. All right. Okay. And then uh, grand theft auto is the intent of stealing a car and not giving it back versus uh, auto theft, which could not necessarily be that. It could be a joyride and then giving it back. So unauthorized use of a motor vehicle would be what we would consider joyriding. So that would be a lesser charge of a person who uh, has an opportunity to steal a car, just wants to drive it around a little bit, where grand larceny is the intent to permanently take away the car from you. I would have to imagine that most criminals that want to steal a car with the intent of keeping it, it's... It's got to be next to impossible in this day and age to then resell that car. Well, there's two avenues that you can get rid of a car because obviously registering that vehicle is difficult because of technology now that all 50 states are working, usually working together to make sure that their VINs aren't stolen from other states. Um, One of the ways that you can get rid of a car is to take it to a garage or a chop shop is the more common term and and strip the car down for parts. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the second way is to try to send it overseas. So, okay. so some of your uh, higher-end cars, uh, if they're stolen closer to a port city, they, they might be going out of the country as well. Okay. And the only third way that I know to get rid of a car is if uh, you can take it to a salvage yard to get the car crushed. or So after you strip the car, you can crush the car. And sometimes people will try to steal older cars for the metal. So do salvage yards, uh, are they held to a standard to kind of know what they're taking in? Yes. So there's a form that if you try to give your car to a salvage yard, you're going to have to fill out a, a form by them with the VIN number and that you are the rightful owner of that car. You had also talked a little bit to me uh, prior to the show about, um, and maybe we should talk, dig into this a little bit, and that is identity theft. Um what are the what are the different types of identity theft? Are there are there specific uh, instances that you can share with us about uh, that sort of thing that's happening around here? You know, I always think that even though I know there's so many companies that know all my information, I I don't really, to be honest, I don't feel unsafe. Uh, usually, it, 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 relating to purchasing vehicles under false identity. Uh, it has happened in the past locally. I know of two of occasions where an individual had lost their driver's license and a person who had similar features of the person whose driver's license it was went down to a dealership, presented that license as themselves. Uh, you're able to get insurance online. Mm-hmm. So if you're able to get credit in that person's name, you're able to get the insurance. So with your driver's license, proof of insurance, uh, and if that person's credit is halfway decent, you can get a loan through the dealership and walk out the door with that car. Wow. That's crazy. Cause I believe we had uh, one over the, su- 
maybe about 18 months ago in the summertime where an individual bought it from a local dealership and then actually got into a police chase or not the police chase, but they fled from us crashing the car off a Penfield road. So what are a couple of the basic things that people can do just to help protect their identity? Well, one of the main things we always tell people is to check your credit regularly. If you start seeing uh, spikes in your credit of different people checking your credit score and that's not you doing it, that means someone else has access to either a social security number, a credit card, or enough information where they're trying to uh, pass themselves off as you. Okay. So right now what's being talked about a lot is there's really like two main um, automotive internet scams that are going on right now. One involves if you're selling your vehicle online and the other involves if you're buying a vehicle online. So uh, beware, uh, this, is a, this is a good warning, but um, what the FBI is reporting is that there's a lot of scams right now going out where if you are selling your vehicle on sites like a Craigslist or eBay or Facebook Marketplace or any place where you can house um, your, your vehicle for sale, these uh, criminals or these scam artists will um, get in contact with you. They'll ask you for uh, if you would go to a website, put the VIN number in, and uh, so they could see the vehicle history report before they buy it from you. Well, what happens is usually you go to that site, that are that already you going to that site they also they may be already putting malware on your computer on top of that they then are getting your vin number they're getting your driver's license number in some cases they're getting your address and they may be even getting your credit card information cuz it's going to ask you to pay $20 or $30 for the history report and some people fall for this because they go oh well I'll pay 20 bucks because this guy really seems serious and he's going to he wants to buy it um and then you won't hear from that person again, and they're, they're starting to collect data on you, which they can use uh, against you in other ways. Uh, they may be able to use your credit card information or or put malware on your computer or, or stuff like that. The other one involves um, a process in which if you are looking at buying a car from somebody online, and these are not private sellers. They, these usually seem like uh, dealers or... or you know, they seem like legitimate car dealerships. Uh, you will call them. They will have a car that they are selling for much less than most cars like it would sell online. And that's what entices people to call. Uh, they will usually have a good story as to why the car is so much cheaper than any other ones. They will send you pictures of a vehicle. They'll send you the VIN number. They'll go as far as sending you title applications and everything that look really legitimate. Um, and in... And what their hope is, is that you will send them money. Sometimes they're asking for uh, gift cards to be sent. Sometimes it's wire transfers from banks. Uh, and they can make these things seem very real, uh, even to the point where they'll get on the phone and talk to you. Uh, and you'll feel like this is a legitimate um, purchase. Um, and in some cases, they even have a way they're using VIN numbers from real cars so that if you do run history reports, it also looks legitimate. Um, but this is the other big scam that's going on right now. So really what you need to do is, um, you know, make sure that you, when you're doing a vehicle purchase, uh, you want to do it face to face. You don't want to pay for anything online without seeing it. Um, you also, if you're going to do anything face to face, you want to make sure it's in a public place. You can even sometimes make these transactions and exchanges at police departments. 
Um, but if somebody were to fall prey to that and they were to, uh, so let's say a guy goes and he uh, buys a car from someone online that he didn't do his due diligence, he ignored all the warning signs, um, is he on the hook for that money if he pays that person and they don't uh, deliver a car? Unfortunately, he will be because it is buyer beware when you're not buying from a reputable dealer. Yep. So if you're going to enter into a transaction like that, you have to do your due diligence and do your research on not only the VIN, who you're buying the car from, and especially you want to at least have a face-to-face transaction. Probably a good rule of thumb is unless it's a big company that you can really <clears throat> verify through various sources, uh, if it's an individual selling something in the amount of what a car would cost, uh, I would say it's important to do a face-to-face. But there's also so many tools available. And, you know, use the tools that have made a name for themselves. Um, Carfax, Kelly Blue Book, as you mentioned, you know, those are all uh, things that have been around a long time. NADA, uh, Edmonds, all these car, all these sites are, available to let people know what cars should cost, what other cars in the market are, are doing. Um, and Carfax is a tremendous resource, uh, for anybody. It's a huge resource for us. We've been using Carfax for over 20 years. In fact, we were one of the first Carfax dealers in Rochester, uh, I think. And, um, Carfax reporting has gotten so much better over the years. So now it is, it's really accurate. Um, if there's an accident, uh, you know that there was an accident. If it says there wasn't an accident, you pretty much know there wasn't an accident. Um, they even report uh, minor accidents. Uh, they they drill down into even the severity of accidents. If airbags have been deployed, if the car has a salvage title, if it has a... Um, uh, a flood title, any of that kind of stuff. In fact, uh, Carfax even offers um, their users a buyback guarantee if they've missed something like a Lemon Law buyback, a Lemon Law um, title, or a flood, or a salvage. They will actually they have a guarantee on their website, and I don't know the particulars of it, but you can go on there. They're so sure that their title. Uh, reporting is so accurate that if they say that it's a clean title, it's a clean title. Now, there are some cases where a Carfax can get information a little bit. It's a little bit, um, you know, glitchy uh, because a lot of it is dependent on actual people putting in information. So sometimes mileages might get reported slightly wrong, but you can see that. I mean, when you look at history, you can see if some if it was kind of clear that so it was a clerical error in the mileage. Sometimes there's a clerical error in the color, but most of the time that stuff is a non-issue either. It's pretty accurate. So Carfax is really one of the one of the best tools anybody can use, whether you're buying a car from an individual or even from a dealer. Well, the nice thing about Carfax is how large they are of an organization. So they're pulling from all 50 states now and I believe Canada as well. So what Carfax does is it is a hub of information for VIN numbers and registrations. So if you're trying to find a true history of whatever car that you're looking to purchase, or even on a law enforcement side of 
how a vehicle was used in a criminal action, either here or in another state, if that car has ever been serviced in to get its oil changed in Miami, Florida or Los Angeles or Indiana, you're going to see where that car is being traveled to. And on a law enforcement side, if I'm looking for a suspect who stole something from a local store here and there's an out of state plate, even if I have a partial of that plate, uh, I say I got one, two, three, four, and I don't have any other indicators on that plate, but I know it's a Florida plate. Mm -hmm. You can put the make model and the four digits of that uh, license plate into their database and it'll give you a list of 10 cars that come up with it. And you can start narrowing your search down for who's driving that car, who's getting its oil change, who's uh, new tires on that car because of all the dealerships and all the mechanics that are, are buying into Carfax. So Carfax is really making strides to work with all these agencies so that they can report not only accurately, but quicker. Yeah. So the deal Carfax wants from that they partner with law enforcement, I believe Ontario County just got on board with Carfax and I think Erie County as well is they want real time reporting for motor vehicle accidents. So when you get involved in a motor vehicle accident and the police officer does the MV 104 accident report, he, they submit that to the police department. And once the report is signed off on, and it's an actual true accurate report, Carfax gets that immediately. And in return, they are working well with law enforcement to give up their information to say, all right, well, if you want, our information, here it is. We just want real-time access to your uh, accident reports. One thing that in the last, geez, only maybe two years, Carfax went from just saying a car has an accident on it to now saying the accident was relegated to the front of the car, the back of the mm -hmm. car, the side, the whole car. It will even sometimes say car was sideswiped, car was deep. I mean, it, they, It'll say very minor damage, which helps us too. And look tremendously at cars. because you know, just to blanket an accident is like a check engine light on a car. Your check engine light comes on. Ninety percent of the things that are wrong have nothing to do with your engine. With I wish it would just change the name of that light and change the look of the light. But uh, an accident can be a, a many things uh, from a shopping cart hitting it can be reported as an accident to the car getting Malachi crunched. Another 70s reference. <laughs> um, Aaron, you know that one? No. <laughs> Even I'm a little lost on that one. On <laughs> the Malachi crunch was in the happy days. There was the Malachi brothers, which they they did a, uh, a whole series in happy days where the, uh, the Fonz was... Uh, in these like demolition derbies. And there, there was these two brothers called the Malachi brothers and their whole MO in these demolition derbies was to one come from each side and oh, okay. smush the car. So yeah, I, I watch way too much of those old, <laughs> old TV sitcoms. I'm gonna have to brush up on my happy days for the next time, so. Well, you know the term jump the shark, you know, that's uh, we, we might be doing that by getting into happy days territory. <laughs> So, um, uh, Todd, what would, if I had to ask you best thing about your job, worst thing about your job? 
best thing about my job is uh, dealing with the public, being able to help people. I do a lot of work in the schools around here in this, in this area, so that's very rewarding for me uh, to, to help the students um, around here. And the worst part about my job is having to hand out tickets. Mm. <laughs> so drive properly, and then we don't have to have you don't doing have so much tickets. of that. That's right. <laughs> what about you, John? I mean, I know you, you're you more uh, investigating things. We've talked to uh, Chief Farina of the Fairport Police Department, who kind of does a little bit of both of what you you guys do, um, and I don't remember if we asked him best thing, worst thing about his job. We did. We're gonna have to go back <laughs> and ask him. But what what's the, you know, what is some of the best things or the best thing about your job and the worst thing about your job? I've pretty much the best thing about the job is, at least on the investigative side, is you really do get to see the start to finish uh, when you're either helping someone out who's a victim or also the sense of, uh, accomplishment when you do grab someone who is committing a crime that is victimizing other people of seeing the, the start to finish of the whole criminal justice process. Uh, we have the luxury in the investigative side of, we don't answer calls so we can focus more of our time and energy on the, the complete picture of a criminal case. Uh, so I guess that would be the, the upside the downside is just the human factor of life of, you know, when we do do a death investigation, having to be the person that is working with the family of getting them over a death of a family or yeah. when an individual is a victim of a, a violent crime against themselves of just dealing with the emotional trauma, the physical trauma and everything that comes with it of being a victim. Mm -hmm. I know there's a, there's a couple higher profile cases right now in our area with just saw on the news this morning where they're looking, want more information on a vehicle that was sort of left on the side of the road after a major incident and stuff like that. I, it's uh, I think that the public has a responsibility to help law enforcement out when they see things to report them. I also think that there are little things that we all can be doing better so that you guys can spend more time on the real important, serious stuff and less time on the, the little stupid stuff that should just be kind of common knowledge for everybody. Um, going back to the Carfax thing just for a minute, as accurate as Carfax is and as drilled down as they are getting when it comes to accident reports, it's not the end all. I mean, it, it, you should definitely realize Carfax as an authority. And if you're buying a car from a dealership, you you should insist on. It. I mean, show me the Carfax. We off we we very rarely actually get people that are asking about it. We sort of voluntarily hand it to them. Mm -hmm. Show me the Carfax. Um, is great. It, it it's it's every little piece of information you can get is is going to be helpful. It's super super helpful to us because. You know, what we do here at Universal Imports is often a customer is coming in and they say they want this car or that car, and then Aaron and I go to work trying to find a specific car for them. Well, we're not going to buy that car until we're 100% satisfied that it's a good car. And the only way for us to be 100% satisfied that it's a good car is that we can prove to the customer that it's a good car. So we're checking Carfax. We even go to the extent of checking Carfax, also checking AutoCheck, with, which is another company, um, as well as there are other 
companies out there even that can drill down even more if there's questions on the Carfax that you're not getting specific answers on. You can go to them too. Um, having, you know, one of the things that we do see sometimes on Carfax is mileage discrepancies, and that's usually clerical stuff, but it's pretty easy to trace that. And it's, I wouldn't say it's impossible because I think the way criminals are these days, nothing's really impossible, but very hard to roll back miles and that kind of thing in this day and age with all the electronic uh, dashboards and, and odometers. So that's not, I'm not saying that's not something people should still watch out for, but it's much less of a concern than it was maybe 20 or 25 years ago. Well, I think it's definitely now easier to see if something did happen to a car because you have a check and balance now. Right. So it's not impossible to roll back a digital odometer because it's a hard drive within, but by having the secondary data to say, all right, well, if I have a 2004 Grand Cherokee, I'm showing that it had 138,000 miles on its last oil change when it was at the Chrysler dealership. Now you're showing it to me at 95. Why is that? What's that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's a matter of there's so you have so many resources available to you. Um, The other thing I wanted to get into, and we had talked about it a little bit before the podcast, excuse me, was a a term that in this business we know of is called curb stoning. And what curb stoning is, is when you have, uh, when you have an individual who for the most part, anybody can go get a dealer license. You could become an auto dealer just like you could become an insurance salesman. You, you have to fill out some paperwork, uh, in some cases take a test here or there, and then you, you have it. What some people do is they'll get a dealer license and then they will sell cars from their front lawn or their driveway. And it will look like a private party sale. Although it really is a dealer selling a car without having to follow the law when it comes to automotive sales, if you are a dealer. So this is a way that these people get around, uh, giving warranties, lemon law warranty, all of those sorts of things. So it is something that you do want to watch out for. Um, and again, Carfax may not point that out to you, but it doesn't hurt. Even with us, we get calls all the time from people that are looking at a car on Craigslist and they say, Hey, I'm thinking about buying this car on Craigslist. It is our advantage to try and help them any way we can, not just try to steer them away from that and sell them a car here, but we have a service department too. So we're happy with having them as service customers down the road, if not a car sale customer. So some people will call and say, you know, I I found this car on Craigslist. I would say that's a good time to have a dealership or a repair shop, check the car over, ask a professional, call us, call another car dealership. Maybe you have a friend that owns a shop and get a little bit more information just to make sure that you're not buying one of these cars that was bought at an auction is being masked as a car that's being sold as a private party and someone's trying to skate past having to give you a warranty or give you the lemon law rights or any of those sort of things. Um, again, it's uh, most of it for the most part is common sense. Uh, but you know, it it doesn't mean you're stupid if you don't apply common sense because we get comfortable. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, and scams nowadays are so intricate, you know, that it, 
everything may check out. When, so, okay, so someone gets past the point of actually sending money to somebody that they don't know online, all of that. Then they get to the point where they don't get the car or they don't get the goods, whatever they are. It may not even be a car. It could be something else. They call the, the authorities, the authorities. Before they call the authorities, some of these criminals have gotten so smart that they will call the victim posing as somebody else and they will pose as the authorities and say, this is investigator so-and-so and we've heard about this situation and we are calling you to take a statement so that we can get everything moving. And this slows down the process of the real authorities getting on the case because the victim thinks that they now have the authorities working for them. That's genius. I have not seen that here locally. Well, that's good. It's and a I really good you, idea. <laughs> I mean, and, and you know, I read it in an article, so you know, don't believe everything you read, but it sounds genius. Like that if if they're doing that, make your own phone call to the police. Don't if someone calls you randomly and starts asking you questions, yeah. go, eh, maybe I should make the phone call to 911 or or to the local police office and, and talk to them. But so um, is is Grand Theft Auto, uh, is is it a full-time job for any uh, personnel here in town? I mean, is it a big thing? It, uh, it's definitely a big thing. I know uh, there are three investigators that are tasked to doing that. It's their responsibility. So what we do is we split up the county uh, east, west, and south. And I know, do know that we work uh, very closely with the Rochester Police Department. They have a, uh, a unit as well for... Um, uh, motor vehicle theft and insurance fraud. Uh, so and that's partners with uh, other agencies with the Department of Motor Vehicles, the New York State Police, and the New York State uh, uh, Fraud Investigators. Is that the like the number one crime you see when it comes to vehicles theft, or is there something else that you get more calls about? Or uh, mostly within the towns that we cover, it's uh, larcenies from vehicles. Okay, and okay. and that's just good habits for people to get into is basically just locking your car. Mm-hmm. Right. So there are many times that the vehicles are stolen because people are leaving their keys in the center console of the cars because if they have multiple cars in a driveway, if someone has to move, they can move the cars. And it's just good self-awareness to say, all right, well, let's lock our cars. Let's make it at least a little bit difficult for someone to steal the contents from your car. And especially please don't leave your keys in the car because that's how you wake up and don't find your car. There was like a huge, uh, theft ring going around Fairport a few years ago where this someone was coming into these parking lots at like kids soccer games and stealing just computers out of people's cars uh, and, and, and I'm talking to some people who have had things stolen out of their car I I, I probably shouldn't do this I'm going to share another Mark story with you guys this goes back I was young so you'll have to take that into account but I went to park down at the auditorium theater. I was driving a Volkswagen Golf. It was like probably 1988. In fact, when I tell you I had a VCR in the back seat, that, that'll date it. <laughs> I had a VCR in the back seat that I was going to be taking to the repair shop to get fixed, but I hadn't done it yet. It was lazy. Parked my car next to the auditorium theater, and I'm like, oh, all right. I'm downtown. There's a VCR in the back seat. At that time, VCRs were still had some value. 
I'm like, I gotta hide, I gotta cover this up. Now the golf is a is like a hatchback, so there's no trunk actually. So I'm like, I gotta cover some, I gotta cover this up. So I'm wearing a leather jacket. So I go, oh, I'll take my leather jacket off and I'll throw it over the VCR. So I take my leather jacket off, I throw it over the VCR, I go in and watch the show. I come back out, car's broken into, leather jacket's gone, and VCR's gone. And I'm thinking that criminal was his lucky day. He's like, yeah. All right, I got a leather jacket and a VCR out of the deal. <laughs> So, yeah, so I could imagine that's probably your biggest thing is that people breaking into cars and that's probably a lot of it's tied into into drug uh, drug stuff, right? It's Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is juveniles that are going around, they call it carring at night. And what they'll do is they'll pick a neighborhood and just walk the neighborhood at night oh. checking door handles and it's really just a volume of... Who, who left their car unlocked? I did that once, and the only thing that was gone was my change. I had mm. a bunch of change in, like, the center console. <laughs> and I had, like, you know, I had, like, coach purses in the back. They didn't take that. They just took my change. I'm like, okay. <laughs> they obviously don't have good taste They don't. Purses, so. <laughs> <laughs> obviously male. <laughs> <But> <laughs> so one of the things that we try to encourage, especially on the, the road patrol side, is, you know, when you're getting ready for bed, hit your door locks on your car. That should be like your nightly routine. If you're checking your doors in your house to make sure that they're locked, hit your cars. Most people have remote locks on their cars nowadays yep. is just good habit to hit your door lock on your car while you're doing your house doors. So, you know, when I, I still, again, being, being born in the early seventies and being a product of the eighties, I go, I still think of, people stealing cars as they, you know, they crack open underneath the steering column and they rub two wires together and the car magically starts and off they go. Although back in the eighties they had steering locks too. So I'm not really sure. I mean, a lot of that was just the movies, but how are cars like with the amount of security and passive alarm systems that all these cars have now, even the cheapest cars, how are they, how are they getting stolen? I haven't, I mean, in for, I've been, a policeman for 22 years. So you and I are in the same similar age. Uh, when I first started, uh, the Dodge and Chrysler products had, uh, ignitions that you could break forward and you would see a lot of the Dodge shadows, the Dodge caravans. And, but this is right around 2000. Yeah. But as the technology for these cars have gotten better, it is much harder to actually get into a car and start it. Now, uh, we're seeing the majority are keys left in the vehicle. Okay. Um, People leaving their car, and I hate to sound like a broken record, but people leaving their cars unlocked and the person having the ability to open their garage uh, through the um, garage door opener in the car. Oh, yeah. And generally people leave their keys hanging by the an entry right. door. There's always, there, there's, these criminals know that there are these sort of. Uh, pa patterns, patterns of life yeah. that, 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 a lot of, that a lot of people do. Keys under the mat. <laughs> Absolutely. Checking the center console or checking the glove box for that spare key. So one thing that we know here uh, from working on uh, all the import cars and all the cars that we work on and sell is that when we have to um, get a new key for so, so back in the day, right, you could go to like a Home Depot or, or when people remember Chase Pickin, which was a long time ago. Um, or Debbie Supply, or any of these any of these stores, uh, hardware stores around here, you could go and get a key cut. You can't do that really so much anymore with most cars. They're laser cut. Uh, they have to be ordered 
by VIN number because most keys as of 2001 even have immobilizer chips in them. So even if you cut the key, you might be able to get in the car, but you can't start it. So in order to get an immobilized key, which most keys again are since 2001, you have to order it by VIN number. Now we get back and now we get back to identity theft. We get back to these criminals call dealerships, order keys by VIN number. Now, some of these keys don't just get shipped from the manufacturer. They still have to be programmed. Uh, so in a lot of cars that won't work, but They've gone to those extents too. And now the car manufacturers have wised up and said, okay, wait a minute. We're not going to let you order a key anymore until we have a copy of the driver's license, the registration, in some cases, even a copy of the title. I mean, they really want a lot of information before they will um, order us a key. Uh, and, you know, not to mention the keys are, uh, on average about $300 at this point. So, but still I'm, I'm sure that they, you know, most of these people that do this stuff have put a lot of thought into how to do it and get away with it. But having those best practices from the dealerships by doing that has curved a lot of the criminality side of it. Although the extra steps may seem a hassle to the individual, yep. but the overall picture of making it those extra steps are stopping someone who only has one piece of your identity. Right. Because most people don't have all of your identity enough to produce those kind of documents. Um, uh, Deputy, what do you see when you're out on the road? Is there things that you are frustrated with that you would hope that more people would be better at keeping the information on their car handy or, um, you know, what's the, what would be the proper protocol? One of the things that I've always told my friends that I've done is it seems like when an officer, uh, it, I haven't been stopped that many times. I've got a clean, clean driver's license, <laughs> but, um, I have been stopped and, uh, often I will take the opportunity before the officer goes back to their vehicle to explain my situation or, what have you in as, in as friendly and respectful way as I can. Uh, and usually that at least allows them to consider that information before they take their next step of either writing me a ticket or, or whatever is what, what would be your recommendation to people out there that when you get stopped, this is how you should handle it. Well, initially when we, uh, we turn on our emergency lights, people pull over to the right. Uh, we deal with a lot of students. They're driving mom and dad's car. They don't know where the registration is. They don't know where the insurance cards are. Um, so they start to get nervous. They say it's mom and dad's car. So I try to teach the students at the different schools, you know, what a registration is, um, where to find the insurance card, you yep. know, their driver's license, have them with them at all times. Uh, same goes for adults, you know, right. uh, keep your hands up at two to 10. Um, you know, we'll ask your license, registration, insurance card. And generally, the person will tell us where it is, and we'll say, go ahead, uh, reach in the glove box, uh, go ahead and grab that for us. I also ask people if there's anything of concern in the car, anything I need to worry about. Right. Um, so then we'll listen to uh, the driver as to what they were doing and why they were doing it. We'll take that into consideration as well. Uh, we'll go back to the car, you know, check, make sure the registration is up to date, inspection is up to date, insurance is up to date. 
And we'll check your driver's license as well. Make sure you're not suspended, driving on a suspended license. If you try to talk to the officer or or make a, a, a case for whatever it is you were stopped for, after you've already started writing a ticket, it's kind of hard to go back and adjust that. Correct. So the best course of action is, and always, listen, these folks are out there for your protection. These police officers are risking their lives to protect the public. So when you get stopped, even if you're unhappy about it, which I'm sure some people, some people are, are. <laughs> be respect the 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 best public service message I can give anybody out there is be respectful. Even if you're upset, you'll have your day in court where you can where you can express it in a proper manner, but not when you're being stopped. That's correct. Uh, the side of the road is not the time and place to argue right. over the ticket. Um, we do have discretion, but if you are given a ticket, the time and place is uh, to discuss it is at court. Right. So you do have the ability to say, you know, officer, uh, I, it, what I have noticed and what I have said is, yes, I know I was speeding or whatever, um, but I really do pay mine to my speed. You'll see my record is clean. If you could give me any leniency, I would appreciate it. I usually say that. Now, obviously, that'll be up to the officer whether they want to do that or not, depending on the situation. But something like that, you, you can probably present a case for, for what you're doing, but do it in a respectful, friendly manner. And then whatever happens, happens. And then you deal with it in court. That's correct. I mean, if it's the first time I've pulled you over and yep. we've discussed it, um, we do have, like I said, discretion and leniency. But if it's the fifth or sixth time that I've pulled you over, um, some things <laughs> well, go out the window. <laughs> you're not listening. Yeah, you're not listening. Obviously, we're not. You know, I'm not getting through to you, and you're putting other people at risk as well out on the roadway. So, in that case, you're probably going to end up with a ticket. Right. So, uh, pull over to the right. I do often see people not do that. There's a parking lot ahead. Pull into the parking lot or still pull over to the right? Uh, we ask that people pull over to the right. Even if the parking lot is a couple hundred yards down and off the roadway, we're not, we're not really sure why you're trying to get to that parking lot. Right. So we ask that you pull over right away. You might be trying to escape. Correct. Um, and that's why we have the lights, yep. um, you know, the flashing lights, and we position our car just right for our safety as well as your safety. Gotcha. Um, obviously, with winter right now, keeping uh, snow off of your license plate so that you can read the license plate is probably a good thing. That's a good thing. Uh, keep the snow off your car in general. Yep. You, know, you see a lot of people with... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Major accidents can happen because yeah. uh, that ice builds up Snap and gets hard on the top of yeah. your car. And I've been driving down 490 and like this huge yeah. gigantic sheet of ice comes car. flying off and that right. can be very, very dangerous. Right. That creates a hazard as well. So... Um, Anything else you guys can add, uh, you can think of any kind of public service that you want to throw out there while we have you here at the mic? Uh, just do your due diligence. Um, I I'm not saying not to trust people who you're having interactions with, but if you are if you are purchasing a large dollar item, uh, do your homework on that. Not only do your homework for if, on car-wise of your Carfax, uh, it's always good to have a face-to-face -face interaction with that person if they are selling you a car. Um, don't tr trust people blindly with it. Google who the person is, especially if it's on Craigslist. Um, they do give up enough information on Craigslist, so you can do a little bit of the homework yourself. 
And if you are entering into a transaction with a person that you do not know, make sure that that transaction happens in a public place. Uh, you can meet at the police departments. Uh, I know different municipalities have areas that are specific for Craigslist transactions or online transactions that you can go to. And just to make sure that you're, you're being safe because there is generally a money transaction. And if it is a cash transaction, you do have to worry about who you're giving your money to. And if you don't know that person, it's always good to be safe. Okay. What about you, Sheriff Deputy Thurston? Uh, I think we uh, need to pay more attention to locking our cars up, you know, uh, take the keys out at night during the day. Be mindful of where you're at, uh, out of sight, out of mind with your valuables in the car, lock them in the trunk. Um, that'd be very helpful. Another thing I just thought of is, and when you go anywhere, uh, whether you go to a, a, a detail shop to get your car cleaned, a repair shop, a dealership, anywhere, even if you pretty much trust everybody there, when you hand them your keys, just hand them your car key. Don't hand them your whole ring of keys with seven, you know, those keys are the key to your life. They're your house, your business, your whatever, you know, those keys can still be cut. And you, you know, those keys might pass through six, seven people's hands in, in any one place. So when you go to, you know, any of the car washes or you're detailing your car, car dealerships, any place where you'd hand your keys, don't hand your whole key ring, take your one car key off, hand it to them. And that that's also a safety Especially with the uh, night drops for dealerships, you're putting your address, your phone number yeah. on that envelope. Right. But make sure it goes all the way through. Yeah, don't and think criminals haven't figured that one out either. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> There is almost nothing that they haven't figured out, and that's why we say if they would just use their intelligence for good, good. they could probably be much richer and not have to look over their shoulder. But unfortunately... There will always be bad people out there. And I would be out of a job. Right. So, <laughs> so they you can't guys, get too good. You guys would be out of a job, and I wouldn't have had a good podcast to talk about. But um, anyway, uh, we love to be able to bring great content to you guys here, and we hope that we are. We ask that uh, if you listen to our podcast, that you tell a friend, uh, subscribe to the podcast. If you don't already subscribe, you can catch us on um, any of the podcasts uh, podcasting sites like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of that sort of stuff. Um, check us out at universalimports.com. The reason we do this podcast is really to create awareness for our company. Universal Imports, we sell and service and have a body shop so we can sell you your next car, we can service your car, your whole family's car if you'd like, and we can do all the collision work, body work on your car. We want to be the authority for you on anything car-related. And that's what this podcast is here to do. We bring you different podcasts. You have to check out the podcast that we did before Christmas, which was we interviewed Mario Andretti. It was an awesome podcast. What a great guy. And now we have two wonderful law enforcement officers here that uh, will have shared with us uh, some very good tips for being safe. So until uh, next week when we have Jeff Tyzik, RPO conductor and Grammy Award winner here, we'll see you next time. Thank you.